you're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. Welcome to the fourth episode of General Admission. I'm here with Jen. I'm Alessandra. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have a very, very special guest on the show. If you've clicked on this episode, you probably already know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown. Um, So our very special guest, she hails from New York, but she also flips in between there and London. Um, This is Lizzie Plappinger. So most of you might know her from the band Ms. Mister. And she's the other half um, with Max Hirschnell. Since then, she's gone on to, you know, strike it on her own, collaborate with a bunch of people. And the solo debut EP, Bot in the Blue, is what's come out of it. So we're really excited to have her with us today. Yeah, and we had a great conversation. She was so lovely. We talked about musical influences, what's on our playlist, a little bit of an in-depth track review on her track, Bolt in the Blue, which is the title track of her EP. And then we just talked about some extra little fun things. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And here is our podcast episode with Lizzie Plappinger. Enjoy. (laughs) Hi guys, you're listening to General Admission and you're here with Jen and Alice yet again. Yes, I'm here and we're also here with a very special guest. (laughs) (laughs) So in case you didn't recognize that voice, um, that is Lizzie Plappinger um, from the band Ms. Mister, but she's also um, working on a solo project under LPX. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Stoked to be your first uh, interviewee on the show. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. Um, so to kick things off and how we usually kick off the podcast, um, we have our What's On Your Playlist segment. So for those who aren't familiar, who are just tuning in, um, this is a segment where we pick a couple of our tracks that are on our GA Weekly playlist, which you can find on Spotify, and we kind of just talk about them, break them down a little bit, yeah. and we wanted you, Lizzie, to kick that um, off for us. So what's a song that you've been spinning over the past couple of weeks that you just can't get out of your head? The song and artist that I am right now so completely enamored and wrapped up with is this artist called King Princess. I don't know if she's on your radar. She only popped onto mine last week Mm. um, when two friends of mine who work in the music industry, Eve Barlow and Lauren Glucksman, uh, were posting about her. And Eve is one of my dearest friends and is an amazing music journalist. And Lauren similarly works in the industry um, and is part of Katy Perry's team. And... They recommended this girl to me, and she just put out her first video and first song. The song's called 1950. And it's just so exciting and inspiring. I can't recommend people to watch the video enough. It's just such a rare instance where an artist comes out with their first song and video and you just feel like you instantly understand who they are and who they're establishing themselves are Mm. as an artist and a visionary and it just I feel like I'm watching like the Lana Del Rey video games moment happening again like I just feel really like I feel in my gut that this is about to go and it's really exciting and the song is incredible so King Princess 1950 check it out check her out but definitely watch the video um, I cannot wait to hear more. It's already garnered like two million plays in like eight days. Wow! Um, so it's really, I think, about to pop. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And would you see yourself, you know, doing a collaboration with her at some point down the line, you know, reach out on a tune or on your next you know, album? It's funny because, I, you know, I loved the music so much that, you know, whenever I, I get behind an artist or a song, I'm really vocal about sharing that with people. Um, it's one of the things I love most to do is, is recommend music and, and share things I'm listening to with other friends. And so I posted about it and she reached out pretty immediately. And so we've been sort of chatting behind the scenes um, and yeah, I'd love to meet her and I, I'd love to hear more music. So who, who knows, maybe that is somewhere down the line in our future. Um, but for me, it's just always nice, I think, to build that community of support from artist to artist, especially as, as a woman in, in music. Um, mm. So I'm always happy to sort of build that relationship when and where I can. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and speaking of you know amazing women, um, to, like recording music. Um, one of the tracks that I wanted to talk about today um was a, tra- a track called Air by Tracy Thorne. I'm not sure if you've you've heard it yet, um, but it's an amazing track and it's come off um Tracy's first solo record, um called Record. And I actually hadn't heard anything from her before, like, because I know that she's in a band called Everything But The Girl. Um, but, like, this was just completely new to me. And when I heard her voice, it's like this this really mature, low timber, but it's combined with, like, you know, like, airy synth pop. Like, it's just a really unique combination. That's awesome. I haven't heard of it, but now, but now I will on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, Alice, so well, what's your first track? I'm actually going to add to this trend of like strong women. <laughs> um, this is a band that I actually spoke about in last week's podcast. And it was just a song that had come up in my like, you know, on Spotify, when you finish a playlist, Spotify like automatically generates some new, like new music for you based on that playlist. A band called The Aces. They're an all-female rock band. And they're all, like, they're all around, like, 20, 21, which is really cool because that's my age. <laughs> and um, and this song called... It's actually their debut track, and it was on their 2017 EP called I Don't Like Being Honest. And the track is called Stuck. I'm stuck. And it just reminds me, it's a really cool combination of like Heim mixed with the 1975 and then they've kind of like put their own spin on it. So it's very disco-y and like kind of almost like bubblegum pop, but there's still that kind of rock edge to it. Just been stuck in my head all week and like anytime someone's like, hey, can you play some music? I play that song. Yeah, don't you have like three tracks of theirs on the playlist? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's why I put so many of their tracks on. (laughs) But I think it's really cool and like um, the lead singer and the drummer are sisters. And even though they're only in their early 20s, they actually started the band when they were eight and 10 years old. So they've been playing together for a very long time. And it just reminded me of my sister and I because we've been trying to make music together. So, yeah, that's my track for this week. <laughs> that's awesome. I want to come out of this with so many, with so much new music to listen to. So it's like my favorite thing. What a gift. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've come to the right place. Yeah, we always, and I feel like we have this trend of always talking about women yeah. in music. I don't know why. Every single week, without even trying, we always just end up talking about all these really cool emerging like upcoming artists who just happen to be women yeah but i mean you know an exciting time to be a female voice in, in music and there i think what's really exciting about now is that you know we've really come out of the 
90s and early 2000s where there's sort of an archetype of a certain kind of female character and female voice and mm. music, especially in pop. Mm. And now as we dig in deeper to late 2000s, I feel like that's splintering and there's more room for different sort of points of views and voices and to sort of show that there's a spectrum of what it means to be um, an artist, especially from a female perspective. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah. And I think that also, like, it also translates, you know, to other artists in the industry, like, regardless of regardless of gender, like, I feel like it's just causing just artists in general just to kind of, you know, look deeper in, into themselves and think, you know, how can I push boundaries regardless of what people might think about it, right? Absolutely. I think, like, listeners don't want just – well, I won't talk about what they don't want, but I feel like people – crave sort of authentic unique voices that are very very real and personal and there's that wall's been broken down you know behind sort of manufactured bands and manufactured pop and now people are really really looking to the music coming from a true individual um and that's really exciting mm. yeah i know 100 <laughs> percent yeah i feel I like yeah yeah it's a really cool time in music because i think that like you just mentioned you know people don't necessarily connect well you can argue that people don't necessarily connect with like a very manufactured, like kind of very clean, crisp artist. And they want to kind of connect with something that is relatable and raw and you can just tell is really honest. Yeah. Even if there are like a lot of mistakes musically or yeah. like something that sounds a bit yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Should we talk about your next track, Lizzie? What, what do you have to talk so about? <laughs> on my playlist, um, is the new Beach House single, Lemon Glow. Oh, I love Beach House. Um, <laughs> me too. Beach House are just one of those bands. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I remember the first time I discovered them when I was running my radio show at college, and they were on the new music playlist, and I got to put them on, and I just sort of immediately fell in love with their simple, you know, program drum beats and their um, organs and they're just one of those bands that I feel like have grown along with me as I've grown up now. Yeah. And with I think they do such a really amazing job of just seamlessly evolving from one body of work to the next, only mm. sort of adding one more sonic element or evolution to her voice. But it's been such a steady progression for them. And it's really, really exciting to feel that come to a head, I think, on this song, Lemon Glow, because it feels really, really tr- trendy. And actually feels like it's taking a lot of like sort of urban tropes and putting them in this more hipster indie space. Um, and it's nice to sort of see that c- come full circle when I feel like so many artists like The Weeknd have adopted them so early and infused their music into their own music. Um, it's just awesome. I, they really like, they're just one of those bands that they never let me down. I've never been disappointed with a release or a single from them. I love Victoria Legrand's writing and her voice and it's just super beautiful, thoughtful, well-written pop music mm. in in the most odd sense of the word pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing, though, isn't it? Is that, like, something that we've been talking about is how genres have just become increasingly irrelevant in their traditional sense. Like, like they're becoming more fluid. Like, the meanings mm. behind, you know, rap music, pop music, rock, like, heavy music as, like, yeah. like a cat category, like everything's just kind of become more fluid hasn't it to the point where we should just embrace what sounds and textures excite us yeah absolutely like that line is completely broken down and i think it's because there isn't you know as music has become more global 
you know, in the wake of the internet, there's sort of less room for subculture and more room for cross-pollination of sound and influence. Mm. And it's really exciting to see, you know, bands, young bands coming together and finding inspiration from all over the world. Mm. I think the only thing that fights against that is sort of the, I don't know, walls that Spotify is building now to keep certain genres within certain lanes when Mm. I agree that music is sort of breaking out of those genres more than ever. So for me, it's really interesting to see how radio and streaming services like Spotify are going to grow with that ever-evolving trend of genres sort of becoming less and less of a thing. Yeah, definitely. But it's really cool because now it's kind of encouraging just um, people to just make playlists that really have no genre uh, specificity and for people to be able to latch onto that like on streaming services like like Spotify. It's interesting, yeah, to see how the actual service itself is going to, you know, respond and, and cope with that. Absolutely. But it is exciting, like you say, to see sort of personalities arise through this medium as sort of trusted sources of good taste. Because obviously, like, you know, Spotify, uh, like like you said, like, Alice, that, you know, you discovered this band through your Discover Weekly and things like that. And that's so awesome. And I do the same and I love it. But um, I can't wait to get to the point where there's, you know, someone like a Zane Lowe who I grew up with. Um, using a streaming service as someone that you go to for their recommendations and taste. Yeah. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's Jen and Alice. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's funny you talk about that because talking about how bands just sort of exceed genres and they don't really stick to one particular thing – I wasn't going to talk about this band because I talk about them in every single episode and oh, like no. Jen's going to roll Go her on. eyes. <laughs> but like anyone listening to me like, come on, Alessandra, stop it. Um, but you talking about Beach House really reminded me because I love Paramore. I absolutely oh, love Uh-oh, them. Oh, here we and go. <laughs> their, their new she's album, After Laughter. Sorry? She's my kindred color soul sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, I literally, I love Hayley Williams. I love, like, their entire band. And, like, I grew up with them. I started listening to them when I was 10 years old. And their new album, it's not really new anymore, but After Laughter, it came out almost a year ago now. Um, oh, it's so good. It is so good. I actually saw them twice just last month when they came on their Australian tour. And um, it nearly didn't happen. Yeah. And was he? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, like, I will never say anything bad about Paramore, honestly. Everything they've released, they just get better and better. But the one track that I was thinking about, and I've been listening to it a lot, um, which is this, their single, Hard Times. Hard Times, gonna make you wanna why you even try. Hard Times, gonna take you down and left for you to cry. Which everyone's probably oh, heard. Oh, so good. But, um... <laughs> What I really like about it is because when they play it live, they actually, like, Haley sings a chorus of Heart of Glass by Blondie. She, like, mixes it in. Um, That's so awesome. Into the because la- it is, like, so rooted in that. Yeah. Especially 80s and Duran Duran aesthetic, so it's nice to sort of, like, bridge that gap. Yeah, Full yeah, circle yeah. Full maybe just hearing sort of those bands for the first time and that they can be sort of that gateway to that, I don't know, time period. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but... When you were talking about, you know, fusing of all these genres and, like, I feel like Paramore received a lot of, well, I mean, quote-unquote from, like, old fans that were really unhappy with how they had progressed into this, like, pop band, if you want to call them pop. Yeah, they got Mm. a lot of pushback for Um, evolving as a band, and that's a really, I think, scary thing when you're an artist, that you want to evolve and push your sound and you hope your fans grow with you, but they can get really attached to what you did and not maybe who you want to become and... I, 
I think Haley and Paramore did, like sort of traverse that so effortlessly because they have such a solid sense of self. And I think when you see the live show, maybe you felt the same way, Alessandra, that like it feels like it does fit in with the rest of the material. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And just the way that they've, like, because a lot of the songs they play, like, a lot of their older tracks, they've kind of changed it a little bit to sort of fit with their new sound. Like, nothing drastic. But I know that there's, like, maybe a couple chord progressions that instead of, like, they're still playing the same notes, but they've used alternate, you know, um, what's the word? I play guitar and I don't even know. But, like, alternate, um, like, chord, like, alternate positions that are still the same notes, but because of, like, the way that they've changed it, it does sound slightly different. Yeah, they've got that, like, jungle party vibe now. Yeah. Using the record. Look, I mean, I'll probably stop talking about Paramore now because all the <laughs> listeners, like, <laughs> talk about them in every episode. But Hard Times, it's, like, a great song that I really overlooked because it's a single. And, you know, once you sort of listen to an album, you kind of overlook the lead single. Or at least I do because you hear it on the radio and you kind of have enough, get enough of it. That's true. And you kind of get desensitized to it to a point. But then you revisit it later yeah. and you kind of fall back in so love So that's it. basically, yeah, because I actually, I, um... Got Parallel Lines by Blondie on vinyl, and I listened to Heart of Glass, and I was like, wow, like <laughs> that kind of made me go back to listen to Hard Times because of the little collaborate, the little mashup they did. So, yeah, I mean, Blondie is the best, but that, that Paramore record I think is so good, and I love the single Hard Times. I think Forgiveness sounds yes. like a Heim single that never was. Yeah, and Rose Colored Boy, Rose Colored Boy is my favorite. Oh, that, that video is <laughs> amazing. Warren Fu directed video, Warren Fu is one of my like all time favorite video directors, and I think that video is. So perfect it's for them. So good. We talked about it in the first, I think in the first or yeah. second episode for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's already a Twitter analysis feed on the video for Rose Colored Boy. <laughs> Honestly, I could talk about them forever, but I won't. So. <laughs> it's like, I digress. So, Jen, your next track. <laughs> yeah, so this one really excites me and it only came out like four days ago. I'm not sure if you've heard it, Lizzie, but it's listed demands um, by The Kills. Have you heard the song? I have not heard it, but I love the kills. Badass of the century. She's such a boss. I listen to Doing It to Death almost daily. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love their song. So I haven't listened to the song, but can't wait to hear it. Yeah, definitely. And it's actually a cover of um, Saul Williams' um, track list of demands, which got released back in 2004. So it was a throwback because I had to listen to the original track just to have have a listen to how things have been like, you know, you know, been changed or stayed the same. Do you, do you prefer it to the original? Um, I actually do. And that's saying something because I do like the original a lot as well. That's the mark of a great cover that they made it their own. Yeah, exactly. And what I really love about this one is that, like, it's paired with an amazing music video um, where, like, pretty much, like, Allison and Jamie, the guitarist, are just, like, sitting at a, like, at, like in prison, like, at a desk. And, um, yeah. like, Jamie's, like, in handcuffs and he's just, like, banging on the table to the beat of the song. Um, and Allison's just, like, sitting on the opposite side, like, like with her Siggy and just, like, like singing. And just, she's so charismatic without even having to, like, move out of the chair. Like, it was amazing. Is that, is that the setup of the whole video? Yeah, pretty much. And then it's just, it That's features, awesome. like, other people, like, in the prison, like, dancing around. But she's just sitting there, um, well, like, most of the video, just, like, spitting the words. And it's, like, it's incredible. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's sweet. So definitely check that one out, guys. That's List of Demands Reparations. It's one of the two um, songs that The Kills have actually released after a while, I think. They were kind of like a bit silent for a while in terms of making music. And then they've just come out firing with a double hitter. Well, I guess you can find the extended playlist. So we talk about a couple tracks on the, on the podcast, but then we've got an extended playlist on Spotify called GA Weekly, which you can find if you search general admission on Spotify. Yeah, and um, shout out to a good mate of ours, John Sarukas. Yep. Um, he's also a journalist. He loves his sport. So he, one of the tracks that we've got on our GA Weekly playlist is The Future Is Now by The Offspring. Very Are you nice. a big fan, Lizzie? I, <laughs> I haven't listened to it in a while, but there is always a time and a place for the offspring. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess that concludes our little What's On Our Playlist segment. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to check out your music re- recommendations, Lizzie. Yeah. They sound awesome. Yeah. You will have to let me know what you think. I'm very, very curious, but I'm very <laughs> confident that you will enjoy. Yes. Wait, no, I'll let you know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just from what we've spoken about, I'm sure whatever you put on your playlist, I will love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you a few things. Yeah. <laughs> Next very minute, nice. like flooded email chain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, There's only so many hours in the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need extended hours. So anyway, so we're going to jump into our next segment, which is our in-depth track review. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is when we just get a track that we're particularly liking and that we can't get out of our heads and we basically just break it down. But what we want to do for this episode is we want you, Lizzie, to break down one of your favourite tracks off your EP, Bolton Blue. So, far away. Oh, man, any track? Any track, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, any track. If there's, like, weird studio stories, what something that you really like about a track, if you want to break it down, the meaning... Honestly, a midnight um, pizza run. <laughs> yeah, feel free. The fr- you've got freedom to talk about whatever you like. <laughs> wow. Well, I, you know, I guess you know one of my favorites. You know, uh, Jen, we were just talking before we started recording for the podcast. One of my favorites off the record is the title track off the EP "Bolt in the Blue." And that was a really sort of special turning point for me in my writing process with LPX because to that point, you know, I'd written Tightrope and Tremble. Those were already out. Um, I was really, really, really proud of them. They had already sort of set the blueprint of what I wanted to achieve in the corner that I wanted to mark with LPX. Um, And then the election happened, and I really felt off kilter, to be honest. I mean, I felt really depressed and angry and frustrated as I think everyone or most people that I knew in America did and I felt like the world felt the same Mm. and I really struggled for the next couple weeks honestly figuring out you know at at that point I felt like everything was crumbling around me I was like does this even make sense that I'm doing music should I be putting my efforts elsewhere like what's the best use of my time I you know I couldn't sort of get back to writing a song about being introspective about myself or about a relationship it just felt so I don't know light and surface level in the wake of everything that was going on in the world so it took me a second to sort of get comfortable with getting back in the studio finally a few weeks later um, I linked up with my friend James Flanagan who I worked on tightrope and tremble with and 
you know, I was sort of explaining all of this to him and he was like, well, you know, you clearly have to get something off your chest. And I was like, yeah, I think the problem for me though, is that when I'm feeling really, um, I don't know, frustrated and angry and, and thwarted, I can so easily go to a dark place. And that's a really easy thing for me to do in my writing. It's really my outlet to, to deal with that. Mm. And instead, I really wanted to write something that felt in in the only way that I can do my version of an uplifting and empowering political song. I wanted to write or create something that felt like an anthem or a mantra about sort of fighting back and throwing yourself to a cause um, and infiltrating from within um, as sort of a reminder to myself that anytime I would I would play it live that I was sort of, you know, stronger and bigger than myself and it was something that everyone could sort of connect on. Um, so that those were sort of like the seeds of how that song came about. Um, and once I think I sort of shifted my perspective into not sort of wallowing in the darkness but thinking about a way to sort of move forward and combat what was happening around me, the song came quite quickly. Um, and it's one of the first, or maybe the first sort of, I don't know, personal political anthem I've ever written. And I think that was something that maybe a few years ago I might have been uncomfortable or shied away from. And now is something I find really incredibly important and is something that I want to be a part of who I am as an artist and, and what my music means to people and is used for. Um, so I'm really proud of that song. And it, it, it means something to me now in this period and culture and time more than ever, but I hope it will sort of have lasting staying power as a reminder to sort of always push back against people who, I don't know, are as horrible as President Trump. <laughs> um, and then and another like lighter note about the song is that the third person who was in the room and helped us write it and played on it was Zach from Fiddler. And Fiddler are one of my favorite punk bands. Um, I've been a fan for so, so long. It was sort of a gamble that we invited him to be a part of the session. I, I never thought that he would have come. Um, and it was so much fun. I mean, just talk about such an incredibly supportive and lovely and warm human being. He just made what could have been quite a dark and intense writing experience just feel really effortless, but still incredibly charged and exciting. And he's such a wizard on guitar and he has such an amazing guitar tones that he really brought this sort of crazy nine inch nails vibe to the track yeah which i fucking love yeah <laughs> um, and it was just really really fun to have that opportunity to collaborate with someone i admire and so much about lpx has been about pushing myself out of my comfort zone and writing and working with new people to sort of bring out new pieces of of myself um and that was such a personal win for me to have that experience of having him in the room. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit more behind the scenes on Bolt in the Blue. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And it's awesome that you mentioned, you know, how being able to explore yourself as LPX has allowed you, you know, push the boundaries, collaborate with people that you wouldn't have even dreamed of collaborating with, you know, as Ms. Mister. And because, Absolutely. yeah, because you mentioned how literally it's just been before this, you and Max just flipping things back and forth and, you know, helping each other and writing and writing. But then it gets to the point where, you know, and the reason that you, you know, decided to go out on your own was you were like, I don't know where to take this next Ms. Mister record. Absolutely. Totally. You know, I, Max and I have such an amazing chemistry and, and partnership and we have so much love and respect for one another. 
and us being on hiatus, you know, we're both so supportive of one another. We play each other everything we're working on. I'm so proud of the music that he's making and the artists that he's writing and producing right now. And I know he feels the same about me. And I just think that, you know, we need this experience of working with other people before we come back together and sort of create the next chapter for Miss Mister. Especially for me, having never made music before that project and Max being the only person I ever worked with. I'm learning so much about myself as a person, but especially as an artist, now being in the room with all these different people, and it's really fun and exciting for me, I think, to keep peeling back the layers of the roots of things that were my influences and what I want to make and what kind of vocalist and artist I want to be. Um, it's fun. It's like you're still discovering different pieces of yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you're going to continue to do that, whether it's, you know, with a second solo record or with Ms. Mister or a completely new project. Really excited to see what's coming. I'll tell you right now that I'm, I'm still with LPX. I've, <laughs> I've been running my ass off. I'm having so much fun. I feel like I've got the bones of the next release already ready, so I'm, I'm sort of starting to sort of figure out how to shape that together. Um, but there's definitely more LPX on the way. Yeah, awesome. Exciting. Absolutely can't wait. So now, Alessandro hasn't heard... Um, like all the record. Yeah, I've heard bits of it. I will admit, it. I really like what I've heard so far. Well, spicy twist, Alessandra. Go for a run. Put it on. Yeah. I'm like have a rager. It's super high octane. <laughs> it's not a very quiet record. I'll tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have heard a couple of tracks. I really enjoy like what I've heard, and um, because I actually like kind of have been dabbling in like producing music as well. So you're a bit of a boss. <laughs> I'm trying. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, good for you but um i love your aesthetic as well like i was just scrolling through your instagram and the cover of bolt in the blue with all the checks and the pink and the red like that's totally and the boiler suit totally up my alley like i used to have i used to have red hair for like two years maybe (laughs) maybe Um, even three every color under the sun but we are well i have red hair right now so we are also color kindred spirits yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah and i'm actually i'm wearing checkered vans right now as well Uh, it was meant (laughs) to be i love it honestly like yeah but i love the the red boiler suit as well thank you thank you yeah i've always i love doing the visual side of things like obviously the music comes first but I'm such a visual person and I'm so in love with color and design and fashion and art that it's it's so fun as an artist to have all those outlets to sort of I don't know convey your vision to an audience um yeah. I love it it's so much fun yeah definitely and that is actually a brilliant segue <laughs> into um, our final segment where we're going to talk about some non-music related stuff mm-hmm. yeah and speak Oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of clothing, I know that it's a dream of yours to have your own clothing line, which would be awesome. I'm thinking very vintage and, mm, and yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so walk us through the five staple items that you have in your wardrobe, like five pieces that you can't go without. Oh, my gosh. My five staple. That's literally it's like asking me to choose between children. <laughs> right? It's like literally near impossible. Okay. Well, my favorite, favorite item right now, which is very, very, it's usually really hard for me to pinpoint something like that. Um, a friend of mine who's an artist called Casey Tideman just painted me um, this amazing custom leather jacket. Oh. And she's this wonderful studio artist, and she shows in Norway and New York all the time. And on the side, just for fun, she paints these beautiful leather pieces. Um, and we connected through one of my best friends from growing up in London and immediately sort of became like really 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 great friends and she painted me this jacket that has checkers and says LPX on the back 
and it's a motocross jacket and then now has white lapels and it's got like a big sort of color spectrum on the back and she's left sort of like little secret um paint items and notes for me like throughout the jacket and it's just one of those things where I it's like the only thing I've it's the thing I own that feels the most like me and every time I put it on it feels like I don't know like armor or my superhero outfit or something <laughs> like I'm, I'm the best and loudest and most earnest version of myself visually mm-hmm. um and it's so special because it's one of a kind it's only mine and I like the idea that people know I wear this jacket and if you see me on the subway or in a movie theater, you'd be like, oh, L- that's LPX. It, yeah. it couldn't be anyone else. Exactly. Um, if we did see it on someone else, we'd probably be a bit concerned that it's been stolen. You should be concerned. <laughs> if you see someone else wearing it, then they've probably stolen from me, and we should create a hotline just for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be right on it. <laughs> yeah. That so, is my favorite item. Yeah. And um, That's awesome. Um, and what are a couple of the – I mean, we'll just can the five thing, but just – Tell us about a couple of other pieces that you really, really love. A couple other pieces that I really love. Um, Okay, so I obviously, you know, I love color, but I'm also like a huge, 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 huge sucker for glitter. Mm. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) She never died, and she's with me every day, and I still can't give up anything that's sparkly. And all the while that we were doing Miss Mister and we were touring the world, um, I, you know, I've been, been shopping on the road, but really, that's, I never really took a moment to sort of like take a step back and, and celebrate things. And once I finally got off the road from How Does It Feel, I decided to buy myself quite an expensive sort of celebratory gift for the past like six years of being on the road. And I saved up so much money and I bought these, um, Mark Jacobs glitter shoes that I've been dying for. And they're just like amazing sort of like 70s style platform gold silver glitter boots and I love them because they're such like a fun youthful item that make me feel like a little kid but something that I only could have purchased for myself having the experience of Miss Mister. So it's this nice little reminder of, I don't know, loving the things I've always loved but allowing myself uh, to treat myself as an adult. Um, and I just feel special every time I wear them. And they don't come out that much, but they are really epic. So yeah, that's my, my second favorite mm-hmm. piece that I have. Yeah, that's really cool. And I guess like just if we ever see them out, you know, on tour, hopefully if you come down yeah. to Sydney soon, we know that it's a special gig. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, the only reason I haven't worn them on stage is I'm scared I'm gonna like break my ankle in them. But I, you know, it's so funny. I always wear heels on stage. I've only ever really worn boots on stage because I really genuinely don't feel that comfortable in sneakers Um, but I've always assumed that I was going to sort of fall on my ass or like break my ankle or something that hasn't happened yet so knock on wood that I'm (laughs) not sort of I don't know tempting fate now having this conversation but (laughs) those boots might be the one that break the I don't know break the camel's back (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe. yeah maybe um so our second topic is actually going to be going to the gym because i know that you go to the gym and it's really good because you know you're touring a lot you need to keep fit but you obviously would get those moments where literally you, you just do not want to head out of the house you want to stay in bed or you want to write music do anything but go to the gym oh my god yes <laughs> i go every day but only because i'm trying to stay in shape for tour but it's literally torture like i sit in my gym clothes for like 30 minutes before i kick my ass out the door it's impossible <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's something that I actually wanted to get um, your help with. Um, so, I mean, how do you... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all need help. We're like struggling uni students that sleep in way too, too late. Yeah. But even there's like people that are just out working and they're just, they're way too tired. Um, they're going to benefit from this. So, Lizzie, how do you pump yourself up when you need to go to the gym, but you're just, you're not feeling it and you've got to literally kick your ass up? Oh, Genuinely, what I do is I put on, like, something really rockin'. Like, I would hope, shameless plug coming your way right now, but <laughs> Bolt in the Blue will be a great energizer to get you to the gym, so you should definitely pop that on. I was, I was just about to say that, like a good workout playlist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I always think that, like, that is it. Like, I really just need to put on something super raucous, and I'll want to move. And I usually need to, like, get a coffee before. I need to load up on some caffeine so that I'm not just, like, being a lethargic, like, piece of nothing once I'm at the gym. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, really work for it and sweat for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. Or, like, sometimes I'll watch old videos of, like, Shirley Manson oh, or oh, yes. Freddie Mercury or Karen O on stage. Like, just heroes of mine. And I'll just see them fucking rocking around. Like, Alessandra... Think about Haley from Paramount. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's running back and forth, Honestly. singing at the top of her lungs to pure perfection. And you can only do that if you train for those moments. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. Yeah, I, I heard that when like Beyonce was younger, her mom used to make her like run on a treadmill and sing. Oh my god, I've heard that too, and I have to tell you that as an artist, I wish there was a space where I could do that because it's <laughs> energy up. But it's really hard when you're on stage, obviously balancing being very energetic and and holding your breath and singing correctly. Mm. And that's something that you can only sort of work on or get better at by being on tour. But in between tours, I'm like, God, I wish there was a gym where I could just be singing like full volume while I'm running. Yeah. Oh my God. Like yeah, Beyonce's awesome. mother for like seeing the future, you know? <laughs> Next minute you'll have like crowds of people just like around the yeah. space going, what and is it? Yeah, everyone crowding around. Just, I'm like, okay, oh, this was not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But so, yeah, so now let's assume that we've actually gotten up out of bed or whatever we're doing. Yeah. Um, we're going out to the gym and done a good workout. What a better way to treat ourselves than having a pizza pizza oh absolutely (laughs) now i raise this because you live in new york you're all over pizza i mean it's 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 amazing and it's not a guilty pleasure because i'll happily say i'll eat it to the cows come home (laughs) i I used to live in the west when i first moved to new york from university i lived between four of the best pizza places in new york city and the west village (laughs) and i would literally alternate where I would get my slices so they didn't know how much pizza I was consuming. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty because cool. Because really like two slices a day. And that was honestly, you know, a lot of great happiness. It's one of the best things about living in New York, for sure. One of the greatest joys in life, definitely, when yes. we head to New York. Yeah. <laughs> like at some point, like years from now, when we're, we've got enough money. Honestly, <laughs> I'm so spontaneous. I always try and convince my friends. I'm like, hey, let's let's just go like to Coachella. Like the other day, I honestly was having this conversation with my friends. I was like, let's go to Coachella. Like, why not? Let's just buy tickets. Let's go. <laughs> Do, you, know, know, you do those experiences at least once in your life, you know, yeah. just jump on a plane. I've always, I've never done that either, but it would be really fun to get to the airport and just pick where you're going to go with your friends. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, but like amazing. New York is on the bucket list. And speaking sure. of, um, we're going to end the podcast with your recommendations for what to do and where to go in New York. Hit us. 
Oh, okay. Wow, there are so many spots. Well, first of all, since we're talking about pizza, I would say you have to get a slice at Joe's Pizza in the West Village. It's my favorite slice in the city. Uh, it's an absolute dream. Uh, are you still there? Yep. <laughs> oh. uh, another one of my favorite spots is Skinny Dennis. It's a honky-tonk bar in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, and they have sort of really awesome country live music, but you can get, like, great beers for super cheap. I really like to post up and have a beer and eat peanuts at the bar and talk to the bartender. <laughs> That's, like, one of my favorite low-key things to do during the week. Um one of my favorite vintage spots is a place called Malin Landau. That's on North 6 in Bedford and Williamsburg. And she has, I think, like the most flawless taste and curation of vintage threads. Amazing shoes, amazing jackets. Um, and then once you're done there, you can go to another one of my favorite bars, which is called the Commodore, which is a dive bar that serves sort of funky old cocktails and has the best nachos you've ever eaten in your life. I'm sold. <laughs> and done there, there's a venue across the street called the Knitting Factory and there's usually great comedy shows or music shows going on every night. Um, and yeah, I think that's enough to get you started. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> on your yeah. trip to New York. <laughs> that sounds like a hurt and a half. Like, I'm definitely checking out the nacho place. Yeah. Definitely the, the pizza place as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just yeah. all the food places. Basically. <laughs> Honestly. So much for such little time. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when you live in Australia, you feel so insulated from everybody else. Like so everything true. is so far away. And even if you just want to like travel to another state, it's at least an hour flight or like an 18 hour drive. Exactly. So, Australia is so wonderful. And like <laughs> yeah, Sydney, like you have such good vintage and you have such good food, especially Asian food. And everyone is so nice. And everyone is so good looking. I don't know. You have it pretty good out there. I'm not, you know, there's no small violin playing out for you. Yet. That's true. Oh, for sure. I, I Just remind like, us of ourselves. I, I can't pull that, <laughs> that card. But yeah, it was awesome that you mentioned, you know, vintage shopping here because I hear that you're a fan of Zoo Vintage Emporium in Surrey Hills and that you and Max always, you know, go there whenever you're in Sydney. It is truly one of my favorite vintage stores in the entire universe. Oh, and I have awesome. so many clothes from there. That's, like, one of the best things about, like, being on tour and looking at my closet now. Like, I've got all these little charms from all over the world to remind me where I've been. Um, and, yes, I, I, like, literally cannot go to Australia and not go to Zoo Emporium. It's too good. Yeah, we have to go. I've never been. Yeah, oh it's gosh. like we literally have it's a badass. Go right now. Yeah, we literally have a badass on the other side of the world who has been to this this place yeah, in Surrey Hills, okay. and we haven't. I know, I'm I know. so jealous. It's, so, it's really great. It's really great. And I really like the women who work behind the desk. They're always, like, really helpful. And sometimes you don't want the person to be, like, so chatty with you while you're trying on things. But I always find that they have, like, I don't know, really good feedback. And they're always pulling things out from downstairs. And I don't know. It, I think it's a really, really great store. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, we should check it out, definitely. For sure. Next shopping trip, <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, well, you were talking about being on tour just very briefly because – we, you mentioned before that you had lots of different hair colors. This is where I'm very interested in about this. <laughs> um, because I, yeah, I had purple, I had orange, red, pink. <laughs> I had lots of different hair colors. But I'm curious, like, how did you, how do you maintain your hair color on tour? Because it's not something that really stays put <laughs> very 
Easily. really doesn't. And the honest answer is that I honestly don't wash my hair very often. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a super glamorous answer, and it is very disgusting to most. But actually, when you dye your hair as much as I do, and most girls who have colored hair, you actually don't need to wash your hair that much. Yeah. Um, and my hair has always sort of looked better the dirtier it is. Um, so that's really how I made it work. And then recently... I've been using this um, this company called Overtone, mm-hmm. mm. and they have like a really, 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 really good spectrum and selection of colors, and I, something that I can wash my hair with, and it just sort of maintains the color until I need to go get my hair touched up by the hairdresser. Yeah. Uh, and so I really recommend that brand, uh, so that every time you do wash your hair, you're putting color back into your hair, and it's not stripping mm-hmm. it down to its... Uh, I don't know, gross drags. Yeah. <laughs> is there a color that you've had that's your favorite or one that you always kind of go back to? I feel like red um, is a prominent theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah I stroke I mean, mine. <laughs> my hair is right now, and so when I've been washing my hair, I've been using, they have an extreme red, which is sort of like a manic panic rock and roll red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just wash my hair like that. And it's like, it's like my shampoo and conditioner um, mm-hmm. in place of them, but it just keeps the color intact. So... That is my insider's tip and recommendation. They're <laughs> a really great company. Nice. Um, and also, Haley from Paramore, I think, just launched, like, a new... Yeah. Cosmetics line? Yeah, she's got a hair dye line. Yeah. Good dye young. Yeah. yeah. So, that could be another outlet for you. Yeah, I actually have... I used her products a couple times before, but the shipping is really expensive to Australia. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's... I, I don't know if Overtone is in Australia, but we're worth checking out yeah no i definitely will i have brown hair at the moment but like i'm really growing sick of it so i think a color is like on the table very soon it's really really hard i'm always like am i gonna go back to my natural color and then i just i love color too much it's really hard for me to give it up yeah it's very fun yeah now is the one calling for you to go back to your to your brown hair just because (laughs) i hadn't seen you like yeah jen had never like when i met her i already had red hair and so basically for all of our friendship i never had a normal hair color (laughs) (laughs) and then all of my other friends who had like gone to school with me were like don't go back to brown just don't (laughs) but yeah it's a it's a constant like you know it's your image i feel like it's a very you know, important part of how you present yourself. Yeah. Embrace it and get good products. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. You've already invested so much in it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But no, I'm a big fan of your hair color. I, I just, I love it when anyone has colored hair. Kindred know? spirits. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. Mm. Like a little, yeah, insider club when you're walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're like, hey girl, what's up? I like your color. It's like, it's like you're sharing a secret handshake or something. I, I agree. Yeah. Every time you see someone in public with colored hair, yeah, I agree. It's like that kind of silent, like, connection. Oh, my God. That's pretty <laughs> ironic considering sure. it's bright colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but thank you so much, Lizzie, for hanging with us on no the problem. podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. Lots mm-hmm. of awesome music recommendations, a few um, tangents, mm-hmm. talk about pizza and what to do in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited now. Like, I want to just jet in a plane and fly over right oh, now. Jen, you know how well, I, I am. I hope that isn't both of your future. We can we can <laughs> buy a flight now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so Bolt in the Blue, um, Lizzie's debut um, solo EP is out now. You can follow Lizzie um, on Twitter um, at, at IMLPX. Um, but, yeah, um, we've had such an amazing time, and, and thanks for supporting us. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys.
Talk to you soon and listening to you even sooner. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. No okay. Bye, girls. Bye. So that's the end of general admission for the week. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with Lizzie Plappinger, also known as LPX. I feel like we were just like like on a lounge somewhere in New York, yeah. just chilling out and there happened to be a recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully you liked it. We definitely had a really great time. Big thanks to Lizzie for taking the time to chat to us. You're an absolute legend yeah and you can find the rest of our weekly playlist ga weekly on spotify with our tracks but as not (laughs) you can find the rest of the track you can find all of the tracks that we spoke about in this episode on our spotify playlist ga weekly which you can find if you just search general admission on spotify we've got my tracks jen's tracks and we also have tracks from lizzie plepinger as well which she has some very great picks we're just looking at it right now some beach house the neighborhood pale waves <laughs> yeah and if you're liking like you know your synth pop bangers mm-hmm. bit of rock and roll it's gonna be up your alley yeah so definitely check it out follow us on instagram which is at ga podcast and you can also follow us on twitter at ga underscore podcast and yeah talk to us send us some music we'd love to hear it and let us know what you think share this episode with everybody that you know spread the love yeah (laughs) uh subscribe to us on itunes on soundcloud rate us (laughs) (laughs) we'll catch you later catch you next week listening to general admission where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound